Welcome back to the DSR Ghostwriting Podcast, episode number two. Uh, in this podcast, I want to quickly, in a much more abbreviated fashion than the last podcast, go over another practical matter for uh, freelancers, small business owners, etc. This level of business that are looking for a web hosting package. The last episode, we covered the rather obscure niche issue of looking for sound cancelling headphones because as I disclosed I have been living next to a construction site for uh, the past 10 months. Um, This is I'm sure an issue that pretty much every freelancer is going to run into so I see what a lot of people are thinking in terms of you know creating a web presence. Um, There's a lot of people deliberating in the group people that you know don't have such a technical background um, the easiest option for people, you know, if you're looking for to build out a website for your, um, for your freelance, for your writing business is to firstly, people are going to need a domain name. So there's two components to, you know, putting something out on the internet. Firstly, there is a domain name, a URL, i.e. yourwebsite.com. Um, there's a debate that you can discuss the top level domain, the TLD, the last uh, three letters, weather.com, still reigns supreme, dot agency, I've noticed is growing a lot in popularity. Um, that's an SEO debate. Uh, from what I've read recently, um, you know, dot com, some people may pre- see it as more prestigious. Um, I I operate my main, prospect, main prospecting website now in a dot com because it's targeted to an international audience. I have one Israeli domain.co.il. I've previously owned Irish domains.ie, and I have a couple of really obscure ones, including uh, dot wedding uh, for my wedding. That's Dan and Han dot wedding. Quick plug for it. Um, and I had a dot world once. What I will say is with the newer TLDs, so the process of creating top level domains involving, which involves uh, ICANN, is not that simplistic. So, you know, there. Everything doesn't exist. A lot exists, but you don't have, for example, I'm looking at my coffee cup here. I don't have there. You can't buy a website currently. Daniel Rosehill coffee cup. That TLD hasn't been provisioned yet. Um, the process is that in rough parameters that things are approved. Um, but I have noticed that I have run into difficulties where stuff like online forums has rejected my dot wedding domain and the dot world domain. So. I would say just go for something, go for it, unless you have a specific reason not to use a .com, don't use a .com. If you want to brand your website to a specific geography, i.e. you're focused on serving UK, you're a British-based business focused on serving UK customers, you may want to operate a .co.uk, you may want to, you may want to have a .co.uk that forwards to a .com and use that in your, in your marketing collateral. Um, you may want to use a .co.uk in parallel to a .com and do split routing of the inbound traffic, depending on where it originates from. There's a lot of complicated things you can do, but um, let's just say step one is you've, you've picked up a .com website. Um, easiest route to go for people. And by the way, I'm picking this, this topic for this episode because I've just dealt with the process of uh, moving hosting provider twice, actually, in the last six months. So I have had a chance to evaluate the market and just explain to people exactly what their options are. The, the most simple thing you can do um, is to buy your domain, as I said. You can even use one of these integrated providers where they will, like, for example, Wix, um, where they'll, you know, they'll let you buy the domain through them. So they'll act as a domain registrar and let you and, and host your website and give you a drag and drop editor. 
that's the easy approach. Um, if you want something based on a template, we don't. You're not. You're going to sacrifice control. You're going to sacrifice um, just the ability to make advanced configurations to your website if you take this approach. Uh, because as I said, there are two components for a website and you know, the user sees one, you go onto a website and it loads in your browser and everything is great. There's a website and there's hosting. So the website has to exist somewhere. The website is just, a um, is a alphanumeric, uh, combination that's easy to remember. That's a shortcut for a public IP address. That's what an actual domain name is in, in reality. Um, you know, people couldn't remember 193.64, blah, blah, blah. So they remembered dsrghostwriting.com. That's a domain name and that's all it is. Um, but that actual website, which is a series of files and databases, has to be stored somewhere. So just so you have your computer, the website is stored on a server. And renting a server to host your website on is an industry called hosting, web hosting. Um, you may not need these technical details, so feel free to skip forward a few minutes and I'll explain the various hosting options one can take. Um, once you have that, technically it's possible to host a website on a, on your own computer, on a laptop. If the laptop is running 24 seven, if you have port forwarding to allow, um, the outside world, you know, to, to bypass the typical firewall setup in a local, local home network. Um, if your ISP allows that, you can do that. I have even done that myself as an experiment, but you're limited by, it's not desirable. The, um, you know, local, local home networks are configured for primarily downlink. Um, you know, you're a user downloading stuff from the internet. Even when you're streaming, you're, you're downloading in real time. Um, when you're hosting a website, you're uploading to the internet and then the user is downloading. So you can do it if you want to learn about networking it's a cool experiment uh look up port forwarding um uh, even if you even if your isp and writer doesn't allow you to port forward there's various workarounds but uh you're, you're that's not really an option but i'm just for this for the sake of completeness I, i'm putting it in there so the most typical um hosting option besides these all-in-one providers which bundle hosting along with uh, other services is something called shared hosting Shared hosting is the entry level, entry level to the world of hosting. So go to Bluehost, GoDaddy offer hosting as well. Um, these are like monoliths within the hosting industry. Um, shared hosting essentially bundles a ton of websites onto one physical server in a data center. So it's your website and then hundreds of other websites. You're not guaranteed um, re resources in terms of, you know, CPU access, um, that kind of thing. In other words, the performance can, it's not, it's, if, if you have low level traffic um, and that's it, and you've got one website, shared hosting is a great choice. Um, the problem becomes when you start getting significant amount of traffic, traffic, uh, you could find you're throttled. Throttling means your hosting provider essentially sees that you, your website is consuming too much bandwidth on the server. Too many people are accessing it at one time and therefore they're going to restrict uh, in order to not impair the performance of other websites on that same shared server. Um, they're going to restrict your, your resource allocation, which is going to make your website load like a snail. Um, there's various other factors from a more technical standpoint, um, with shared hosting, it's unusual, although not, I personally had it to have root access. In other words, you, 
uh, SSH access, sorry, you actually get to log in on the command line to the server and make your own changes. But typically that's, you know, if that exists, it's, it's a plus, um, you certainly don't typically, it's not, a, it's a managed server. So someone is, you're getting a configuration. The server could be an Ubuntu server or a Debian server. Um, and the hosting company is managing that. So if you want to get under the hood technically and make changes and add packages and upgrade the PHP version and things like this, um, Shared hosting is not your option. However, if it's one website, stick it on. Just be aware that it's not a it's not a scale proof solution. I.e., if your website suddenly starts getting a lot of traffic, um, you're going to run into difficulties. So typically, the next thing people think of. Let, let me tell you about about my story. So I recently got hacked on a large scale. There's a there's a malware. Former Russian malware called, uh, I've actually even forgotten the name. It was like some weird name. And one, there was a WordPress website on my shared hosting, which had about something like 14 websites, too many websites to have on a shared hosting. It just wasn't on my like priority list to tackle. One of the websites got infected with malware. There was an outdated, outdated theme. It was a website that I was managing for somebody else. Um, Baba Yaga, I think, was a malware. It's like particularly virulent strain of malware that uh, cybersecurity research has found originated in Russia and essentially even disables, um, it propagates spam. So I, I looked at one of my websites and noticed there was just a ton of um, Korean writing and links for American football jerseys. So I knew something was up straight away. Um, with shared hosting, when you have just just to explain firstly why I was look why this incident forced me to upgrade my own hosting. Um, so one website got attacked. So there was a vulnerability. A hacker got in, uh, corrupted the databases, uh, the MySQL, and then that kind of spread stuff throughout the website, and every page was littered with spam. I tried to remedy it myself. Uh, you know, removing the malware, you can see the WordPress files were corrupted using a plugin called WordFence. You could see there, there's fake WordPress files being created, decoy files, complete mess. And that was one problem. The, the greater problem happened when uh, it spreads between all the different websites in my account. And I did not, I had just moved to this host, which I've since learned is a period of vulnerability for your websites when the DNS is repropagating throughout the internet. Um, so because there wasn't a backup, I didn't have a backup for my old host uh, and I hadn't taken a, I didn't realize there was no backup included in this package that I, that I'd, uh, simply just subscribed to. I was in limbo land and, uh, took the websites I could, but basically in shared hosting, if you have multiple websites, important to realize that your websites are not very well isolated. They're all part of the same, um, file directory essentially so this is called uh is this is called caging i'm sorry this is all i am not a i'm not a i'm not a web hosting expert but i know enough to tell you this basic information so caging is you know the isolation between the files so another thing about shared hosting is if you are up if you are operating multiple websites on it as many many people on these packages do it's important to keep all if you're using a, a open source uh, you know a script like WordPress that is very actively targeted by hackers important to keep everything updated themes plugins run a uh, you know run a proper security plugin such as WordFence enable brute force protection 
do all this stuff um, because and make sure you have backups. That's another thing. I have always put a huge emphasis on backups. I took my eye off the target for a few months uh, when I moved to a new host. And my, my first concern was just making sure stuff was set up. Um, I was really shocked to see there wasn't any backup. I was with a host called SiteGround, which I do highly recommend for shared hosting. Um, and I moved to a different provider, uh, which will remain unnamed because I'm so unhappy with them. I don't want to defame them publicly. Um, so that's just an, another thing to be aware of about shared hosting. Typically, the next tier up people think about is VPS. So if you use a, uh, if you've ever used a virtual machine on your computer, which is, you know, virtualization allows you to create an operating system that acts and feels like a real bare metal installation, except it really is a, um, just a resource, a program on your actual operating system. So if you've used a VM, you use, you use something like VMware. And again, I know I'm speaking more to the kind of more technical audience here. Um, if you haven't used one of these, I just explained basically what they are. Um, I use Linux and I tend to virtualize Windows a lot for various reviews I have to do for clients. Someone wants me to test out a Windows software, um, or I've never actually virtualized Mac. I, I've done Android quite a bit. Um, so yeah, I use VMware or VirtualBox, Oracle's VirtualBox, uh, quite a bit. So that's basically what a VPS is. It's a virtual server. It's, you're not getting an actual dedicated server, but you're getting a, uh, you know, a, a virtual machine on a dedicated server, which you have effectively on a managed, there's managed VPS and unmanaged VPS. Um, but with all the advantages of actually having a, it's an analogous to a virtual machine and a real machine in the desktop computing world. So that's that. I looked into VPS for a bit. There's certainly a big cost jump from a shared hosting to VPS, but you are getting guaranteed resource allocation. Um, and, you know, if you're managing the VPS yourself, you really get to control very granularly the, um, the state of the actual server. However, there is another way. And let, let, me, let me just round this off by saying, of course, the top tier from this, from this side, and we're, I'm, we're not going to get into stuff like AWS because for, um, you know, the self-employed freelance market, I don't think this is really, this is a bit too far. AWS being Amazon Web Services. Um, of course, the top of this is a dedicated server where you actually rent physical server in some hosting company's data center and you have full access to it. You're not just having a virtual machine, you're having an actual machine itself, a bare metal machine, the physical thing. So that was fine and dandy. I, was, I, I knew that it was time to move out of shared hosting, a uh, little, little intimidated by VPS, especially the ones that, uh, um, that were really had to be self-managed, um, uh, you know, looking potentially at a somewhat infected code base in the sense that I wasn't completely sure that all my websites were okay. Uh, I literally didn't sleep for two weeks during this process, by the way. I had to rebuild about six websites completely from scratch. Um, it was a huge thing. So I was just trying to get myself up and running ASAP uh, just to get back in business. So there's a cool thing I'm telling you about called reseller hosting. And that's kind of why I'm um, even making this podcast because I called it the hidden gem of the hosting world. And uh, I'm not sure people... There's, I know there are some people that share my, uh, share my view on this because you'll certainly see a list on the bigger hosting providers, but 
you know, often it's on a landing page not targeted towards the business market and not for consumers. So um, I got some great advice from some people who really, really know, work in the hosting industry, really know their stuff. And if it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't have thought of it. They told me like, you know, given my needs, don't go for VPS, go for Reseller. Reseller basically is, allows you to become a hosting company. So you get, um, when you're hosting your websites, and if if you don't go down the Wix approach and encourage people not to, um, you're probably going to see something called cPanel. So cPanel is like a administration console. There's another one called Plex, but cPanel is just about the biggest one for managing your website in a complete manner. So everything from Softaculous for you know single click installation of scripts, configuring email addresses, configuring forwarders, changing DNS records, um, the whole shebang. Cron access, adding FTP accounts, leading FTP accounts, setting up cron jobs. You can do everything within cPanel. It gives you all these little utilities, essentially. Um, when you're looking at reseller hosting, you get it, you get a ton of cPanel. So let's say I have 100, I have I can host 100 properties in my hosting reseller hosting package um, with a website called hostforgeeks.com. Now I cannot believe how insanely good value this is. I used to pay SiteGround something like 150, 200 bucks. Again, I'm not clear on the figures. I didn't look at it as a expense to like economize on. It's just, it it is what it is. Um, I was looking for someone else because I didn't really fit into their tiers anymore. Um, I.e. my needs had exceeded what they offered. Um, But... The difference between that and what I'm paying Host for Geeks for an annual subscription of about 250 bucks is like night and day. I'm getting 100 cPanel accounts, each with an unlimited inode limit. Inodes, you want to pay attention to these in shared hosting if you do start bundling on accounts. It's the number of files and folders in your overall file structure, okay? So every time you add a directory and add a file, that's another inode. The inode count limit can be as low as, you know, 300,000 or 600,000. 600,000 inodes and you can and I have run into inode creation problems so when you consider that you've got a 100 cPanel accounts unlimited inodes uh, it's it boggles my mind how much digital real estate I can actually host on this reseller account um, I have something called WHM which is like the super cPanel if you want to think about it like that it manages all the cPanels and it's really really incredible uh, the beauty is that each because it's an it's again it's intended for actual hosting companies so like i could even i don't intend to get into the hosting business but i could tell my friend uh you want to host your website with me no problem I'll charge you 100 bucks a year um here's 50 bucks i could i could charge some 30 bucks a year because the thing the whole package is so cheap it's ridiculous uh and still make a profit um but as i said i'm a writer not a uh not a hosting company um and yeah, you get access to this. And I, yeah, my friend would have access, cPanel access, manages websites, and I could send him an annual invoice and that's it. He would be totally set up. Um, so the beauty is that when I was talking about stuff like caging earlier and you know the event that one website becomes corrupted and it infects all your other websites on the account, that's not really a concern on reseller hosting because each website inconvenience is that if you want to quickly you're quickly administrating a bunch of websites you do need to jump around into the different cPanels in order to change 
you know, whatever, you, you, whatever you're working on, add an email here, change a DNS record here, blah, blah, blah. Personally, no comparison. Uh, the, uh, the final thing I will say after, while we're on the topic of hosting, uh, is uh, I recommend also using a service called Cloud, Cloudflare. Cloudflare kind of sits between, so I am hosting, I'm managing my domains in a few different places because it's kind of a mess at this point. I have managed some domains for family members, have my own domains, another one for other people. They're in a few different registrars and um, that's where they are. With Cloudflare, you can point the name servers. It's kind of an intermediate, intermediary between your website and the user. So what I do is I, I point my name servers in my various registrars onto Cloudflare. And then within Cloudflare, gives me full DNS management. I'm sorry, I'm getting very technical again, but um, and I'm sure enough people will be able to bear with me, or I, I hope so, to make it through this. In Cloudflare, I have full DNS management. I can create zone records for everything. And that basically means that like I go into Cloudflare and I can manage everything. I can uh, say that a website's under attack so that'll like, you know, prevent traffic from actually hitting the website. I can create firewall rules. I can enforce different, uh, I can I can even enforce uh, redirects and force HTTP traffic onto HTTPS. Um, Cloudflare is really, really cool. And it's another thing that it just, it's, um, you know, a lot of people think of it just for speed as a CDN and improving the speed of their websites. Certainly, obviously that's valid, but I would say if you do have your website scattered over a few different registrars um, and you want to be able to manage stuff centrally, it's really, and you can always go back, just change the name servers from the Cloudflare name servers to the ones on your hosting provider and you'll be able to manage stuff directly wherever wherever that website's being hosted. Uh, I, I think it's beautiful. I go into Cloudflare, put up two-factor authentication in Cloudflare because you're, you know, once you're centralizing resources like that, you're making... You're narrow, narrowing the attack surface, so it's a bit riskier, um, but I encourage every webmaster to do it. So I hope that this overview of the um, web hosting options for small business owners has been helpful. To conclude, if you're really a nutcase, you can host your website yourself. The typical entry level is shared hosting. The typical next step up is VPS hosting, which is, virtu which is a virtual private server. It can be managed or unmanaged and then all the way up to dedicated server and stuff like AWS. However, I think reseller hosting, which in that schematic is somewhere between shared hosting and VPS. Uh, I think it is the hidden gem of the hosting world. I, I've heard that, you know, hosting providers are phasing out this kind of distributed reseller model of web hosting sales. I hope that's not the case because I think for the, what I'm receiving for hostforgeeks.com for my 240 bucks a year, it's still mind-blowing. I still can't believe I can host like 80 more websites and, you know, on pretty much unlimited infrastructure on each. Um, and that's what there is. So uh, good luck setting up your website. Uh, Daniel, DSR, DSRghostwriting.com. There's a contact form there if you'd like to be in contact. I can probably help with basic questions. Beyond that, I encourage you to speak to an IT professional in order to develop the website most suitable to your needs. Thank you for listening and have a great day.